A quick content warning. This episode deals with issues of colonialism, racism, and sexism. When did you begin to put the pieces together? Perhaps when you put the pieces back together, you're putting yourself back together. We assemble something. Feminism is DIY, a form of self-assembly. No wonder feminist work is often about timing. Sometimes we're too fragile to do this work. We cannot risk being shattered because we're not ready to put ourselves back together again. To get ready often means being prepared to be undone. Sarah Ahmed, Living a Feminist Life. I'm ambivalently yours, and this is Rebelliously Tiny, a podcast where each week my co-producer Hannah McCaslin and I invite a special guest to help us respond to one of the thousands of personal questions I've received on social media. In a world that teaches us that strength is loud, harsh, and masculine, this is a place for those of us whose struggle is both impossibly large and rebelliously tiny. Here's the question that inspired this week's episode. The message has been slightly edited to ensure anonymity. I have a lot of feminist feels. Mostly anger about the way that women are portrayed, street harassment, and representation of women in media and fashion. In this day and age, I feel that as a woman, not being skinny, not shaving your legs, not wanting babies, is an act of radical disobedience. I still feel pretty squeezed by narrow stereotypes, even though I'm almost 30. My question is, what does one actually do with one's feminist feelings? How do we speak out? How do we make change? So my name is Cam. I'm a queer indigenous uh, woman from, uh, I live in Montreal, Jojage, and uh, I'm a community art organizer, uh, and I also work for the Aboriginal Curatorial Collective as a project coordinator. And I'm doing also a lot of street art, so a lot of project, yeah. You know those people who run in circles adjacent to yours, who have mutual friends, maybe you follow them on social media, like their posts, but you never really had an actual conversation with them? That's who Cam was to me before we met up for this podcast. I'll admit that a small part of my motivation behind making this podcast was that it gave me an excuse to finally have conversations with people I'd, until then, only shyly admired from afar. I thought of this question for you because I feel like you're concretely like doing a lot of things and yeah. that that could be um, yeah, a good example for people to sort of see like, yeah, what do you do? Like concretely with your feminist feelings. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to speak a bit about sure. the work you do and how you got there. Um, yeah, sure. Um, it's interesting because it's a really big question mm-hmm. and I'm almost 32. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, I'm almost 30. Maybe it's like it's also reflected a lot of uh, my feelings and feminist feelings. So um, I started doing street art and feminist art uh uh, after the big strike in, in Montreal and in Quebec in 2012. So it's been a couple of years now. And I start with a feminist street art collective called Of Mural. 
and we were like a collective of women, like women, identifying women, uh, in the street of Montreal, and we did a lot of street art. By street art, I I want to say it's like wood paste, stencil, graffiti, um, murals. So it's a lot of different mediums. And uh, with a couple of friends, we decide to um, do some street art during the summer. And it was a res- response to the festival Mur- Mural. It was like a big street art festival here in, in Montreal. And um, and we wanted to respond to this festival because there was no woman at that time in the festival, no woman artist, no woman street artist, and it was a big question about why there's no woman in this festival, why there's so like few representation also of like women uh, people of color. Um, uh, so we decided to just be together and go in the street and take space. So a lot of my work is is related to how to take space in public space as uh, uh, queer people, uh, indigenous women, women of color, um, non-binary people also, and uh, trans people, etc. So um, this is how we start. So we did this project for like two years during summer and um, after that I decided to do a new um, project. I went to France to like study for one semester and I feel really, really alone there. (laughs) And I was studying gender studies there, but it was really difficult, another approach. So I feel alone for like six months there and I was like, what I can do? So I I started doing a lot of street art. Uh, I was in Lyon at that time. And uh, one morning I was like, I was doing a lot of textile piece with like big like, like message. Uh, one of the message was a uh, feminism forever. And it was like in big textile letter. So I went like to install this in the street at like 7am. Because it was the only time that I didn't feel like uh, I feel like safe, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do this by myself at, at night because there was no one with me, right? So and so I did that, and I went to to across the street to just have a coffee, and maybe fifteen minutes later, I saw three guy decide to like destroy my piece and like literally like fire the piece. They, they take a lighter, and it was like. You know, oh no, just try it. And I never saw this before. And I was like, oh my God, this is so violent, you know. And after that moment, I was like, huh, I feel not really safe anymore here. So I need to do something about it. So I was like, I really need to do more work with, I need to find a crew uh, and go and come back in Montreal. And I was angry. I was like, I need to do more stuff. So this is how I was thinking about Unseated Voices, who is a, we're a collective of uh, indigenous women and women of color, uh, street artists from all across Turtle Island, so all across North America. And I just start to invite people that I really respect, women, art, artists, women that, re- that I really love. And I reach out to them. And I was like, are you interested by this idea of a collective coming all together in Montreal and Jojage and doing a lot of work? And this is how I start Unseated Voices. And now it's this uh, past summer was the third edition. So we're doing a lot of workshop panels, discussion about uh, cultural appropriation, um, uh, feminism in art, um, how to make street art, especially for uh, young women artists. So we want to give the space for people who are like invisible, invisibilized in the street. Uh, 
What does it mean to take up space in a society where you are expected to blend in and follow suit? How do we learn to take up space when public space isn't necessarily safe for us? How do we stand up to the violence, physical and emotional, micro and larger than life, that we encounter in our daily lives? Perhaps the answer isn't singular. Perhaps the answer, the safety, the healing, the change, lies within our communities. Perhaps we can finally be the truest versions of ourselves when we find the people who will see every part of us and welcome us whole. Perhaps we can only be the truest and bravest versions of ourselves when we finally find our crew. Well, for me, I'm not really interested to do work alone. I'm not someone who's who's find a lot of peace or um, joy by working alone, but it's really a personal thing, right? So there's some people, they love doing uh, work um, or by themselves, and this is their moment, and they feel safe there in their house or, wh or whatever where. But for me, um, it's important to be in a community because as a, as a queer woman in a city, uh, sometimes it's hard to see ourselves represented, right? So I was, it's really important for me to find people who feels like me and create heart together because I think it's a form of like empowerment and uh, it's really powerful to be together. And, and also for me, art is also a part of healings. So we can heal together, right? We can feel better together. And for me, um, this is also why I decided to do this kind of project because I know that there's a lot of other uh, women and queer people or non-binary people who feel like me. So it's it's the way for me to feel present, to feel alive. And um, and every time that I'm going to do some uh, you know panel or a presentation in university or talking with like youth or student. Um, Every time people are like, oh, how I can start doing art, how I can, I want to do street art, I want to paint more, I want to be represented, how I can start. And I'm like, find your people that you can feel safe with, that you can't uh, be sure that they can support you the way that you want. And it's going to give you energy, it's going to give you power, and you, can, you need a safe space. There's kind of like an anti-hierarchy capitalist yeah <laughs> like angle to that like mm -hmm. to not have to be like the artist mm -hmm. or to not have to feel in competition with others but to be like yeah no I want to work with others I want like that our voices to be together yeah. and to not have to be like and I think especially like as women we're often like pitted against each other mm -hmm. so if we can consciously instead of that like decide to work together mm-hmm I think that is like a really empowering thing. Yeah. And that's something I really felt like in, in Seated Voices, really. Exactly. Um, so the way that w I was thinking about Unseated Voices, but also the way that we created together, it was really about w how we can work together, how we can exchange knowledge too, and, al and also how we can uh, create together in a way that we're all equal. So yeah, I like organized the project in the mean that I like I found funding, uh, you know, place that we can make art. I found 
I found all the the walls, <laughs> but I got a lot of help. So I all had my committee with me helping me write. And but in the same time, uh, I'm not the boss. I'm not like oh, Unsated Voices is my project, and this is the this this the artist that I found in. I'm like the creator. Mm-hmm. See, I don't want I I don't see this project that way because for me it's not interesting. This is not what I want to do with this. So we're all friends. We all like we call each other like a family. We're family now, and our family grew up every. It's just growing every year, and now we have friend in in uh, USA. We have friend across ocean in a, in the south, and everyone wants to do their own version too. So maybe next summer it's gonna be in Oakland. And one mm. of the artists of the collective will, will do it there. So it's interesting how it's also can change and evolve. And uh, yeah, so everyone can create their own piece, but everyone help each other too, right? So for example, there was an artist who never uh, did uh, a big mural before and she was really afraid and she was like, whoa, I need help. And everyone was there around her, helping her every day. And be like, oh, we can help you. We can uh, bring some paint, uh, you know, really reassure her and and help her. And I think, and it was not even like, oh, I'm gonna force myself to help her. It was just natural because because this is the idea of this project. This is what community is about, and we need more project like that, especially in city, where like people feel a lot more alone, and. Um, and we're doing this for for like indigenous women of color community in Montreal where they don't feel themselves represented in the street or in mainstream culture. While researching the Unseated Voices project, I was drawn to the way the videos and online media framing the project highlighted both the collaborative side of the work and the individual artists participating. To me, this work is a tangible example of what one can do with their feminist feelings. It's a manifestation of how art can be a crucial part of healing, a place where we can live as distinct individuals, while also working in a non-hierarchical and collaborative way. And like you were saying, like reclaiming these spaces mm-hmm. and how, like, like making these murals, you're making you're. Yeah, you're making yourself more visible, especially in Canada where Indigenous people have been, like the government and the society yeah. has tried to erase Indigenous yeah. people so much. Yeah, and it's still and it's still uh, something that's happened right now. Uh, we can see with the missing and murdered Indigenous woman, uh, it's still uh, violent is everyday, colonial violence is there every day for all Indigenous people and uh but there's still a lot of people who don't know about all of this, right? So there's the education. It's still really, really important. So we can also educate through art. And I think it's important to remember this because some sometimes some people told me like, right, okay, you're doing this this kind of murals and all these artists together, but it's is it gonna really change? You know? This is like all the question is also about that. How how do we change the system? How I can be a feminist person, a good feminist. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Is it so I'm like, well, art can help everyone. Art can help like yeah, healing, uh being together. Just this moment of being together and create together, it's enough sometimes. And we need to remember this because we're not gonna change a society in two minutes. 
and but there's little action just being present and reclaiming our space it's an act of resilience for me and f- and for all the women that I work with and and I think it's uh, it's already enough powerful mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so many people who now reach out to us and be like thank you so much for doing this this work I need to see this more often uh, or oh I want to create this in my own community and so we're also here to give them tools to doing their own project and also uh, saying to them well you can do it you have the power to do whatever you want the project dream about what you want to do it's possible in the street making this work so you have like an access to the public what has the response been like from people um so what is the way that we're working it's really with the public so we include uh the community in in each neighborhood uh, within the work so each year we decide to uh work in a new in a different neighborhood in montreal so the first year was in a little uh, Italy, the second year in Plateau Mont-Royal, and the third, year in, the third year this year was in St. Henry. And every time we're not, um, we're not uh, deciding to choose war, uh, walls through um, the city, so we're not working with the city, or we're literally going to see people. So we'll, we're like, oh, I, we really have this wall, and we have, like, we want to do this big wall. So we're literally not at the door and we're like, hey, hi, we explain the project and we talk with people in the neighborhood. This is, we want to be sure that everyone is agree with what we want to do, but also um, create this dialogue with the community, with people who's living in a neighborhood because this is their space. But also <clears throat> we want to like, you know, change mentalities and, and try to explain that we can see our space in a different way and how also walls can say something to you. Um, so we create a lot of really new uh, uh, relationship with people. So a lot of people are really into it. They're like, oh yeah, I would love to have something on my walls. This is interesting. But sometimes their, their response is like, oh no, 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 it's too political. I don't like that. <laughs> or, oh, it's really ugly. <laughs> and we're like, okay, well, whatever. Uh, we're not going to do this here, but thank you for your time. Thank you for your passions. And sometimes we try again and again, and we like convince people. It's really depend of where we're going. But um, uh, it's like really good, uh, like really good feedback in general. Um, and what is interesting when we're working in the street it's that a lot of people pass by and they start talking with the artists a lot of the time so it's also creates really interesting conversation that we're not gonna have otherwise right with like people or just like they're with their dogs and they're like oh what's this what's this about what's um what's the goal here um but there's also another side is um the fact that unceded versus is really political so there's a lot of artists decide to do to like trying to talk about a lot of issues um in in cities and in this like white patriarchal society right so for example this year we jessica sabagal who's a colombian um, american muralist um who's one of my really good friend and it's been the third year that she come in montreal for for this event she did a big big wall <laughs> uh and um it was like a portrait of a woman one of her friends who's an activist in oakland a latina woman and she held a sticker 
and on the sticker is it said uh, white supremacy is killing me and um so she revealed the, like the the sticker at the end of the mural because mm. she was afraid that you know someone's gonna like throw paint on the wall on the wall and destroy the wall we never know but this is exactly what's happened mm. a couple uh, days later um three times uh someone or a group or we don't know who exactly uh literally take like a paint gun mm-hmm. and throw like red paint on her face and mm-hmm. on uh, the message so um and literally three times in two weeks so we were like what are we gonna do with this um but what it was really interesting with that is the fact that yeah it was really a violent act right it was not just oh we don't like this we're gonna do a graffiti yeah. on the bottom of the mural it's like no we're gonna attack this mural and we don't like this message so uh what we really like with this uh situation is the fact that the community of saint henry decide in like 24 hours to do like a kickstarter and raise money t- for us to uh to put like a entire like graffiti coat mm. on the mural to protect it and we didn't do any work jessica didn't even put emotional labor in this like work of like we need to f- to raise money we need to like so people just uh went together in the community and decided to raise money for us and it was amazing it was an act of like resistance and I never see something like that and even when I'm thinking about this today and I'm like it was just amazing to see this and I was like well I still have hope yeah you know <laughs> there's still good people there's still people who want to resist um against white supremacy there's still people who think that being together it's it's an act of uh resistance it's empowerment so um It was really good to see this. So when I think about this question, it's also like, well, be yourself and do what you want to do. And you're going to find people who's going to also love you and support you. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think that's a thing, too, that sometimes people, they want to be more involved in feminist action, Mm -hmm. but they they see feminine like being a feminist activist as like this one thing like being at the protests or like you know and i think there's like lots of different ways yeah. that you and like you said like to focus on what your strengths are like if you're a person who feels very like anxious in social settings and the idea of going to a protest is like really like terrifying that yeah. you don't have to like physically go to a protest you mm. can you know make signs for your friends beforehand and give them to them or like promote things online or like do other mm-hmm. sort of like behind the scenes things I think there's a lot yeah. of yeah there's a lot of action that you can do and even sometimes it's not the need to be outside your home or outside your uh, friend circle sometimes it's also taking care of yourself and taking care of your friends and your family it's also an act of you know um resilience and and feminism it's you need to take care of your people and your space and yourself before you can do work for people for other people right because otherwise it's too much for one person and i think um this is how you can start it's thinking about um how you can invest yourself 
with your own community, how you can take care of, of your own people. And after that, if you have the energy, you can go to a process, protest. You can go to, um, I don't know, a meeting about uh, an action that you want to do. But putting pressure on yourself, uh, I think this is also um, something that a lot of feminists uh, feels that, oh, we need to, so much pressure of like, oh, we need to do this and that. And and at one point, it, it can be really easy to feel overwhelmed and tired. And we forget to take care of, of ourselves and our friends. Um, so for me, it's something that I always wants to not forget when I feel tired and I'm like, oh, did I, I'm doing enough, right? Um, I think... Yes, you're doing enough. Don't even think this question because as women also, we put so much pressure on, on ourselves and when we're supposed to do how to be a good feminist <laughs> or all this question that it can be really intense and you're like on your bed at night and you're like freezing. Um, but um, I think that taking care of your body first, it's the most important thing. And there's and when... T- there are some people who don't know how to take care of themselves because they don't have the resource. They don't have the, um, they're just feel alone. There's a, you know, there's a, a lot of context with this, but um, try to find someone who can also help you. I think this is like the way to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I totally relate to that feeling of like, oh, am I doing enough? Yeah. And like only feeling like, I'm doing enough work if I'm like completely exhausted at the mm-hmm. end of every day and I've mm-hmm. learned and I'm still learning <laughs> that like no you have to take breaks and sometimes like you don't have to do everything yeah you can do like a f- fewer things, fewer but, things but with more energy and mm-hmm. more thoughtfulness and yeah I mean I feel like just like looking at your project and having done like some like project organizing I've just like the logistics behind everything it must be like really yeah it this must is be a lot. lot of work yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work yes so you need to find a team you first I was like oh I can do everything by myself I have I'm like strong enough I have enough energy but I was it's not true and I think it's never the case but yeah as as women in the way that we need to do things in our society um we need to do everything we need to be able to be at home and take care of our kids, uh, be there for our friends, our family, and doing all this project and working because doing this project also didn't bring money home. Exactly. Right? And taking care of your partner and, you know, all of this together is like, whoa, how I can deal with all this? So uh, the first year was alone organizing all of this. And the second year was like, no, I need people. So I found, um, you know, people who who had free time to help me. And the third year, I literally, like, work with people. And I was like, I have money. (laughs) Yay, let's do this. But, um, and this is when I was like, wow, I don't know how I did that. And I was kind of proud of myself. Okay, yeah, I did all this organization. But in the same time, I was like, it's not the way to do things. But it's because this is is the way that we're supposed to do everything as women, you know. And it's still a struggle for a lot of people. Uh, I saw so many women around me or like they feel, they feel overwhelmed every day. And um, and they think about everyone and they want all their friends and partner and people to feel so happy. And, and um, but 
it's it's not easy and it's not what we're supposed to do <laughs> yeah right and um yeah and also like when i'm thinking about feminism and i think the person is like oh i need to shave my my legs and everything it's also it's also important to remember that being a feminist it's not just um oh uh equality with with men and all about this like men woman you know this gender idea of like we're working against men or like men mm -hmm. need to be with us it's we need to also like rethinking about all this gender uh view mm -hmm. and for me feminism it's including everyone and um and you don't want to shave your legs don't shave your legs mm -hmm. you know whatever do whatever you want to do and and i think it's important to remember that gender take a lot of space i mean as a queer person like um yeah i think that we we need to think about feminism in a bigger in a bigger way mm -hmm. <laughs> of um of like rethinking the way that we're saying woman bodies and um yeah but this is maybe another conversation yeah i mean just like a quick because I, i think sometimes we think that like feminism yeah like means rejecting all forms of like traditional yeah. femininity and i think sometimes maybe we can go too far by like rejecting things that maybe we don't want to reject like exactly feeling like oh well if i shave my legs like am i not a good feminist or mm -hmm. if i'm like a feminist woman and i want to have babies yeah. does that make me less of a feminist and yeah. i think exactly i think like you said we have to like break down this like binaries mm -hmm. of like this is how you're a man and this is how you're a woman and if you're a feminist like you break down all the like women it's a lot more nuanced and complicated and the more like we open it up and the yep. less we think about men and women and gender roles and i think it's important that you can be a lot of different women in one body in a way that like oh i decide to not shaving my legs but i can also have a baby and or i can look that way but um i'm also acting in another way you know There's no one way to be a woman, identify as a woman. There's many ways. And I think uh, being a feminist is also accepting this for yourself to be, okay, I can be the way that I want and it's okay and it's enough. And and it's an act of empowerment, I think, also. Mm -hmm. There are some things that I'm afraid to talk about. Subjects that aren't mine to comment on. Topics I perhaps feel too guilty to confront. So what do you do with these topics? How much do you ask of the people around you? As the world becomes smaller and online media links us together, social justice movements have begun to converge and overlap. While it is necessary to recognize our shared interests and to support each other, It's also important not to homogenize and dilute our personal struggles. There has to be room for distinctions. Some words have to remain specific. Some words don't belong to everyone. Maybe like if you want to talk a little mm -hmm. bit more about this idea of like decolonization and yeah. like what that I because I what's don't that think, mean? Yeah, what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> Explain to us what that means. Yeah, um, that's a really good question, and it's a question that a lot of people ask me <laughs> because of unstated voices. Um, unstated voices. The the first two years, no, the first year, the name was uh, decolonizing street art. So we changed the name of this project because uh, 
I feel that for me and for other people in the collective, um, the word decolonization, it's a big word. And people are kind of lost with this word. And I totally agree. And I think there's not uh, one way to see and, or to use this word. And I think right now there's a, there's like, a, it's trendy and to use decolonization, especially in institution and in academia. And, um, and for me, decolonization is, is <laughs> in my work, it's really um, decolonize, decolonize the walls. So decolonize your, your city. So how you can do this, it's literally being in the street as indigenous women, women of color, and also remember people that Jojage or so-called Montreal, first it's is uh, indigenous unceded land. So just starting with this, uh, it's an act of decolonization and rethinking your city, rethinking the land that you that you're living on. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. And and why it's because we're living in this like colonial system, right? So um, so yeah, decolonization. We there's a lot of way to do it, but f I think it can be like a personal process. So about for me, it's about my own identity, like thinking who I am and um, how I can uh, be proud of my identity and and um, how I can survive in this colonial city landscape. In uh, a way to do this, it's it's putting my body and my ideas in the street and through my art and with my friends. Um, so for some people, it's going to be writing texts about decolonization. For other people, it's, um, I don't know... Um, acting in a different in a theater or like think or uh, doing like action protest uh, I don't know more for example it's an act of decolonization that people know here um, there's so many ways of decolonizing your your body but also uh, the world that you're living in but <clears throat> I think uh, decolonization, we need to be careful with the cultural appropriation. So a lot of people think it's really cool to decolonize everything, mm -hmm. but there's a way <laughs> to do this. And there's also, I think, we, uh, the people that need to be on the front line of the decolonization, it's indigenous people. So to, to starting decolonize your own space, you need to give space to the people who this is their land. Um, so yeah, I think this is this mm -hmm. is an idea of what is decolonization for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's different for everyone, but yeah, there's some little action that you can start around you, and it's about giving space. But this is hard for a lot of people, especially for white people, right? How to do this, uh, or like, or people who wants to help, uh, how I can be a good allies. This is another huge question that people talk a lot. But um, it can be in another podcast. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all this question, I think it's um, it's really important. And uh, but through unsaid voices, decolonization, it's literally taking space in the street, and it's and it's already a lot because it's hard. It's hard. Like we we talking about this project to a lot of pe people in the street, and they don't really understand. They think that indigenous people are dead. They're not exist anymore. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you're still alive. And you're like, 
yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, we we're, still, we're still here and <laughs> maybe you don't even know who's this territory like who's living on this territory for like uh forever you know so um uh yeah decolonizing your mind but it's take a lot of time and it takes a lot of energy but i think there's there's a there's some people who are like in Jodagi Montreal there's some people who are like really doing good work and i also want to recognize all the all my friend and other people that i know in my community who's like doing a lot of work and it's important to to put them in a for you know in a front mm -hmm. yeah because i think sometimes as white people we try to like you know be good allies but end up like putting ourselves too much in the foreground yeah. of that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um But yeah, and do you feel, I mean, this is something you kind of mentioned in one of our email exchanges. Do you yeah. just feel sometimes exhausting, uh, exhausted of having to like educate people um, all the time? Definitely, yeah. It's something also in, that I'm doing in my work through, through my regular like uh, daily work. <laughs> It's something that, I'll, uh, that I'm doing too. It's like educate people in art institution. It's also something it's really, really tiring. Um, and, but what I said all the time It's you need to pay people mm -hmm. who's going to educate yourself. And it's still something in Quebec that people don't even understand because they think that we're going to go for a coffee and I'm, and I'm going to give you a lot of knowledge. And it's good. We're going to create this dialogue together. And, but I'm like, but what's you going to give me in exchange for that knowledge, right? Uh, oh, just a coffee? <laughs> I don't think so. It's enough now, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it's something that I that I struggle with, and I think to also find a way to 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 explain to people that um, uh, it, you we need to um, we need to <laughs> you need to do your own education and your own work. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Use internet, books, uh, talk to people, and we're gonna meet in the middle. And this is where we can start a conversation. But I'm not going to do all the work for you. Mm -hmm. you we, we need to meet in the middle and be like, okay, let's have real conversation here. Uh, and I'm going to respect people who are doing this. And I think it's really important because otherwise it's, again, the same people who are doing the same work and all this emotional labor and all this time that we put in education and be like, how to, this is how to be a good allies or this is how we can decolonize your art institution we can do that all the time it's not a way it's not how we're gonna change mm -hmm. things and we're and i'm not here to give you solution because i don't have any solution anyway yeah so um yeah i think everyone needs to do their own work and we can meet at some point yeah for like a conversation a conversation exchange. yeah because or else there's still like an imbalance of power yeah <laughs> always and I mean that's something for the podcast for our second season it was important to us to at least offer like mm -hmm. a small compensation for people's emotional labor yeah. because it's work me as well like I get approached all the time by like feminist organizations who want me to do like art for free for yeah. a good cause and I try to explain to them like well like, I can't do that like once in a while I will mm -hmm. but I have to like set limits because you know it's still 
like work and it's how mm-hmm. I make a living and yeah exactly we still live in a capitalist society yeah. whether we want to or not so yeah. we have to yeah it's um and it's something that I learn every day because I'm still learning about how to say no mm-hmm. but also how how I can explain myself and be sure that people's going to understand but they're not going to feel that um you know that I'm mean with them or mm-hmm. something like that there's a way to say it but for me it's a big big like lesson and and learning because I have a hard time saying no in general <laughs> because I also love like meeting new people and you know networking and all of this it's also good for me for my own like work but mm-hmm. um I think it's really important to respect myself and push boundaries and limits Uh, but it's, you know, it's a learning process and it's, and it's fine like that. But, um, yeah, a lot of free work. I, I say no now. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a, like a feminist act in itself to like yeah. recognize like our strength and our skills and to not like kind of belittle them by like letting people just like yeah. take them when yeah. like, or feel like entitled to them. Mm-hmm. But it's really a hard conversation to have, even with myself, mm-hmm. um, because also I, I want like to live in a better world, <laughs> and I'm like, how to do this? You know, is it is it like with educate people like in that way, or there's another way to do it? But I think also uh, as feminists, uh, it's it's so we used to like just give our knowledge for free and our ideas for free. Because this is the way that we we were raised in this society, so it's really important to what works like against this idea. And so, what are ways that like people listening to this? What are ways that they can support your project or follow? Yeah. Uh, um. So we have a website called unsaidadvices.com and on this website we have you know all our videos so we have interviews with each artist who participate in uh, this project since 2014 so it's about 14 artists and um, we have Instagram it's also the same Unsaided Voices and I'm always happy to talk with people about this project and all the artists are also available for like You know, we're always happy to also travel with this <clears throat> project. So we just went to Arizona uh, last week and it was really amazing. It was the first time that we went outside Jojage for this project. So uh, if people want to bring us somewhere, <laughs> we're available. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, um, uh, I'm working for the Aboriginal Curatorial Collective, Collective de Commissaire Autochtone. So it's... Uh, a non-profit art organization in Canada uh, for cura- uh, indigenous curators and artists and we're doing a bunch of really nice projects and we always need support and and uh, our website is acccca.com so if you're interested uh, you can go see our website and uh, yeah and I think Unsaid Results in Jojage will be back in two years maybe But maybe also across so-called Canada, we don't know. We have a big ideas in mind <laughs> right now. Um, so yeah, you can follow us on social media and like our picture. Yes, like <laughs> pictures.
Rebelliously Tiny was written, produced, and edited by me, Ambivalently Yours, and co-produced and co-written by Hannah McCasland. The music is by Greg Barkley. This episode was recorded in the field and at Obero Artist Run Center in Montreal, with technical support from Stéphane Claude. A special thanks to the entire team at Obero for their kindness and support. To learn more about my work and this podcast, please visit ambivalentlyyours.com or follow us on social media at RebelliouslyTiny on Instagram and Facebook, at RebelliousTiny on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit an anonymous question of your own, please send us an email at RebelliouslyTiny at gmail.com or email us an audio recording of your question. You can also DM us on any of our social media accounts. If you would like to support our podcast, please share it with your friends and subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to make a financial contribution, please email us at rebelliouslytiny at gmail.com. This season is entirely listener-supported, and we are eternally grateful to everyone who shared and contributed to our Kickstarter campaign in the fall of 2017. Thank you.